0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fort Worth Star-Telegrams High School Huddle. We are all the way on episode 12, and uh, we're we're getting deeper into the Texas high school state playoffs. We are now in the—as Brian was telling me, it gets a little confusing, but this is uh, what he actually calls the regional round or the third round uh, of the state playoffs. Brian, how are you doing on this Tuesday?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. How was your Thanksgiving?
0: It's good Thanksgiving, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so Brian, uh, if you can tell in my voice, so Brian may be, uh, may be taking a lot of the content today, but Brian, what are we getting into in this week's episode?
1: Yeah, we're just going to look back at some games uh, in the area round and some teams making history and uh, keep going in their season. Uh, we'll talk about some intriguing third round matchups, uh, we got a couple of district rematches and uh if we uh, get into it we might talk about a little bit about basketball at the end
0: it's so a little bit about basketball and uh not to skip too far ahead but eventually once the season wraps up we're gonna also just to tease a little bit we're gonna get into recruiting a little bit for those of you and i'm sure there are plenty that do that care about that sort of thing so basketball recruiting but but this week we're still in the heart of of the state playoffs and uh Brian, Brian's actually turned things around a little bit. He's on a roll with picking the right games in in the last couple of weeks after kind of his midseason, uh, let's call it a midseason crisis. We're gonna we're gonna try not to jinx him, uh, but we're, and we're gonna get into those picks a little bit later. But on Friday, Brian, you started uh, with a game that's a little bit further than than what where you're used to going. You went out to Corsicana um, as they visited uh, Burleson Centennial. In the 580 D2 area round, and it looked as though of course, the Corsicana was going to get a revenge win there and pull out a late victory against the Spartans, but that's not quite what happened.
1: Yeah, uh, they were up uh, 20 to 14. They were actually down. Centennial was up 14 to 6 at halftime. They get the second half kick, and uh, Chris Mosley just couldn't field it. Corsicana picks it up at the four, first and goal. They score to tie the game uh, with a two-point conversion. They also get a pick on the ensuing drive and uh, later score to go up six. Chris Mosley, you know, if, uh, you can read my story on DFWVarsity.com, but uh, Chris really made up for it. He had two blocked PATs. He's the return man. You watch him play. He kind of reminds me of uh, Dante Hall from the Kansas City Special Chief. teams ace. Yeah. He had a uh, he actually had a touch punt return for a touchdown. They called it back. At the 10-yard line, so it netted for a 57-yard gain, but like five plays later, they uh, called Chris's number and he scored the uh, 7-yard touchdown, which actually was kind of the dagger late in the game as uh, Centennial won 28 to 20. But now they're moving on. Uh, This is they haven't been around that long, so actually this is only second time they've made it past the second round, and uh, yeah, those kids were excited. Got to talk to uh, quarterback Kyle Burns who had a touchdown. And then Coach uh, Kyle Kyle Geller.
0: Well, we just had to take care of the football. I mean, we had a few mistakes. We made the corrections. We, we fought through it. So we're just trying to make history. We haven't done anything yet, so it's time to it's time to get it done.
1: They're just blue collar kids. I mean, they've really worked hard. Um, they're a great bunch of guys. I always tell them that um, we're not perfect, but they man they they love each other, and uh, and that's what it's all about. They have fun playing. And uh,
0: they have fun in the locker room, and, and that's what makes it fun as a coach. Certainly interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of programs have popped up in the recent years uh, in Texas, and it's interesting. You know, we talk about you know people talk a lot about pro teams and college programs carrying baggage, but but for some of the longer programs in Texas that have been around for a long time, uh, that that's, that tends to be the case too. I mean, there are programs that haven't been to the playoffs that haven't made it past a certain round, but for programs like Burles and Centennial. You look at it and you say, "Well," and and you can hear in that clip, right, that there's no baggage and that they have an opportunity to build a clean slate. I mean, do you think that helps?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you talk about Salt Lake Carroll or Trinity or Lido or Allen. It's like there's a a, a standard, right? You got to go to the state quarterfinals, state finals for teams like Allen, who's, you know, has won how many titles in the past decade? And I know Alito, who went to the state finals last year and lost by one point. And you know, some teams will take that. We'll take, hey, we're state runner-ups. But for someone like Alito, it's like it's it's a failure. It's a down season. So uh, really, nothing to lose for people like and Centennial. And uh, in fact, the team they're pl- playing next, Frisco Reedy, just their their third season in varsity. And so, uh, kind of a matchup there of of teams who really haven't been there. And and. Just kind of going out and play football.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the the Spartans pick up their second win over Corsicana this season, which is tough to Beating a good team twice in a season is tough right. to do. You know, they won the season opener 28 26, both really close games, obviously, and then they prevailed each time. Like you said, they get uh, so Frisco Reedy is number nine, they get number nine, uh, a team that's ranked ninth in that regional game, uh, a game that kicks off at 7 p.m. on Friday. And that one's uh, excuse me, that one's over at Southlake Dragon Stadium. Obviously, we always have these these kind of neutral two games, teams in yeah. neutral games, which are all over the place. But what do you what are you thinking about that one?
1: I mean, Reedy's just really come out of nowhere. Uh, they, I know they started their first season three and seven, and then they kind of uh, vastly improved with the nine and two record, and now they're twelve and zero. Like you said, number nine in the in Class Six A in the state. Uh, man, I mean, if Reedy gets out to a quick start and you know this is turning into a blowout you know it, it'll be hard for centennial to catch up but um they seem to win those close games centennial does so if if reedy's uh you know kind of not taking care of business there late third fourth quarter and and it's like a one score game you know uh, watch out for centennial because they know how to win those close ones
0: yeah and obviously those two wins over of course kind of proof of that Moving on to Saturday, in what you you have here as as what might be, you know, you thought it was going to be the game of the year, Guyer and Lakeridge, and this one was over, uh, this one's over at Pennington Field, and this one uh, lived up to what you thought it was going to be a trip not not quite a Texas A&M LSU seven overtime game with a fight and anything but this one goes to triple overtime the Eagles pull away late uh in those over in that third overtime 50 to 42 two teams combined for 71 points just in the second half and overtime Lake Ridge is now headed to the regional round for the fifth straight year I mean that that's pretty that's a that's a pretty strong uh accomplishment
1: and going going off the uh new teams, you know, Lake Ridge has only been around since uh I think 2010 or 11 and to make it to the third round for five straight years now, it's uh they're used to that. And so, Guyard Tatum, uh they were up 14 to 7 halftime and it kind of looked like, like what happened to Lake Ridge, you know, this is a, you know, fast team. They actually scored two plays into the game with a 54-yard touchdown run by Dewan Jackson and after that, I don't know what happened. Guyard just, you know, Played incredible defense. Lake Ridge, their offense just stalled. And then, you know, talked to Coach Kirk Thor. What was the message at halftime? And he just says, go play Lake Ridge football. You know, he had to remind those kids what it's like to play Lake Ridge football. And they just...
0: Which they've done well in the short time.
1: And they came back. They they tied it up with a two-point conversion. It was, uh, I think, 28-28 at the end of regulation. And, you know, not much defense. They score. Uh, Keelan, jo- Keelan Johnson scores a touchdown and gets the two point conversion, which is you know mandatory in the, in the third overtime. Right. Not much defense. Their guy is trying to tie it. Uh, Darius Houston comes up with the big sack on third down, loss of 13. It's fourth and 18, and uh, you know that was that was all she wrote. But uh, they're going to get Amarillo Tescosa, But uh, before that, just talk to uh, Coach Kirk Thor and and their quarterback Chandler. Rodgers who had a monster game over 400 yards and, and four touchdowns got to talk to them after
0: it was, I'll tell you what they're a great football team and man they gave us they, they were tough and, and our, our kids they made a lot of plays on us and we had to overcome some things and um, didn't look really good for the first three and a half quarters. Didn't look very good. And defense stood up, made some plays. And I think it took us a while to kind of to get to a rhythm. And, and um, they, they did a nice job. And they're a well-coached team and a good football team. And so when you play a team like that, you just got to keep playing the next play. And we talk about that all the time at halftime. I said you got two quarters to see if you want to still play together. <laughs> you still want to be a family for one more week, let's see what we can do. And so kids respond. I'm really proud of them. Past two years, we we haven't beat the third time, so you know it, it seems we wanted to beat them. And going to playoffs in six, like we all know, it's gonna be a big challenge. So challenge of five, it's a five a playoffs. When you get towards deeper rounds, it's gonna be harder and harder. You know, it's interesting. As a quick aside, I'm gonna tease this quick story that I'm working on. Where the Star Telegram, uh, all the reporters here have put together a uh, uh, once again for for the second year in a row the the coaching salary database, which will be out. Uh, in the next few weeks, as the state playoffs go on, but I was reading through the story from that we that Matt Martinez wrote for the Star Telegram last year, and one of the things that that stuck out to me in it, which which kind of coincides with with what we've just talked about with the coaches, you know, some of the most prominent uh, principals and, and uh, administrators in the state said, well, we pay. Not to say the coaches don't work hard, but he said, you know, we pay. They said well, we pay the coaches. Well, we pay them because. Uh, it's one of those things where there's just not a lot of coaching around, and we, you know, we want to succeed and all that, which is understandable. But I, you know, as we go, as we've gone through this week to week, and we, like we said, we've seen all these programs do these four or five year turnarounds and get built up from virtually nothing. It seems like that kind of—I don't want to say it's not true, but there's definitely uh, there's definitely a juxtaposition that that kind of goes head to head because we've seen great coaching, and you see it every week of of, of coaches that. You know, or second and third year head coaches that are that are building programs out of nothing, right?
1: Yeah, uh, like Kirk Thor and, and Kyle Geller. You know, Kyle, uh, Coach Geller started that program at Centennial, and, and he's still there. It's uh, and you know, like his kids, kids are blue collar kids. He's a blue collar guy, and and uh, some of these, some of these, you know, you think these teams. Go deep into the playoffs great coaches some of these coaches get paid a lot and and yeah
0: and and, and they work hard again yeah. we don't want to diminish that at all they work
1: hard and some of these coaches you know they they're top on the list and you know their teams you know might not go as far and right you got the opposite where uh maybe not gain paid as much but their team there's those are the teams that are going deeper and deeper in the playoffs
0: and and the, you know and and all of these guys put in a ton of hours but for some of the guys that are building programs in the second, third or fourth year. Obviously you talked about the pressure of the top guys cuz there is a standard yeah. right. But there's also a pressure on coaches to to stay and and build a program and that requires a ton of hours too. J- just something to something to consider uh as we go forward. Yeah, and uh
1: like you mentioned that that list is going to come out in the f- next few weeks but uh also doing a story, a couple stories uh so look out for that on starttelegram.com and dfwvarsity.com.
0: Yeah, I mean, sorry, circling back was a quick tangent, but Lakeridge is, is, as you mentioned, now going to be facing Amarillo Tuscosa in the 6A uh, D2 regional round. That game is going to be at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday in Midland. Again, the, those neutral site games could tend, tend to trip people up, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. Brian, there was one other game that you wanted to touch on really quickly.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just that Lakeridge-Tuscosa uh, game... Uh, you know, those West Texas teams are, are uh, you know, tough to beat. Uh, Lake Ridge, you know, with Chandler Rogers and, and Dewan Jackson. Explosive offense, but uh, they did – Amarillo-Tescosa did beat Arlington, who we've talked about many times. Good, good team. Good team. They were undefeated. Uh, it was like their best team in a long time. Uh, but they, they stopped them. They stopped the coach. They beat them 35-24. I don't know if a lot of people – um, you know, east of Tascosa picked, uh, they probably picked Arlington to win, but uh, Tascosa came up and got the upset, and now they're in the, the third round against Lakeridge.
0: Moving on to some other notable uh, area round winners, uh, that'd be Mansfield-Timberview taking down Magnolia West. Uh, not comfortable, but but a decent margin of victory there, 45-28. To reach the regional final for the first time since 2011, so good win there for Mansfield Timberview. Highland Park, who who's trying to get uh, trying to keep their hold uh, on a state title, had a little bit of tr- a bit of a tricky time, but they did end up sneaking past College Station. Uh, that was a rematch of last year's 5A uh, state championship, and then uh, some some more local games here. Birdville and Grapevine, both advancing, uh, as well as some other teams, including Lamar, Duncanville, Allen. No surprise. Also, no surprise with Alito. In addition, you have South Oak Cliff, Ryan, and Brock. I don't think there were too many surprises from that group either. Yeah, and then uh, just
1: some others, Haltom, who we've also talked about a lot of times. Uh, they continue their magical season. They're twelve and uh, zero. The regional round uh, matches their best playoff run in, in program history, the last time coming in 1993. Um, you know, I was only four years old. So no, was I. Yeah. around there. <laughs> and so uh, 12 wins is a program record now for, for wins in a single season. Argyle looks really good in 4A. Other 4A uh, winners in Paris, taking down Kennedale and then Salina. Uh, Argyle was, will actually play Salina. That's a, also a district rematch. And then Paris will get... Uh, kind of a 4a power in and Waco la Vega
0: yeah I mean a lot to digest there and obviously uh we're getting down to it less teams but but still a lot of DF uh, DFw teams uh still still going strong as we move towards the playoffs we're going to look at some of the marquee match uh, marquee regional games now uh and one that's teams that are relatively close in geography, that's Timberview and Highland Park. That one will be with a 1 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. And then you have Birdville and Grapevine at 4.30 on Saturday. Saturday, Also, both of those games uh, are going to be at the Star in, Fis- in Frisco, and both actually, interestingly enough, are district rematches. Brian, you'll be there.
1: Yep, uh, looking forward to it. You know, Timberview and Highland Park, Last met not uh, not too long ago, actually week 11, but Highland Park did kind of blow them out, 42 to seven. Obviously, you know a month later, and uh, we've seen Timberview kind of a different team now. As you mentioned, uh, this is their furthest run in about seven years. See if uh, they can turn it around. We talked about Corsicana and Centennial. You know, it's kind of hard to beat a team for the second second time in a season. And uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, they're playing extremely well. James Brown, uh, their head coach. But, um, you know, like they, you hear the cliche, you, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Holland Park trying to keep their season alive, trying to go for a third straight uh, 5A state title. So I think, I mean, it won't, I don't think it'll be 42-7. to seven. I think Timberview will score some points, uh, and it'll be a lot closer uh, this time around. Uh, then looking forward to Birdville and Grapevine. That was a close game. They played a couple of months ago with Birdville prevailing late, Uh, got a late defensive stop with like five seconds left to beat them 24 to 20. Um, I think it's going to be that kind of game again. Two explosive offenses with uh, Stone Earl and and Cade Rhodes, their quarterbacks. And
0: Earl Earl, we've talked about both great, but Earl might be the best quarterback regardless of class. Uh, anywhere in in dfw for sure and definitely i you know you could make a case for him being one of the best quarterbacks in the state
1: yeah and uh Rhodes is coming on too as well uh i mean you look just so much talent uh david clayton wide receiver grapevine he's getting a lot of offers now um josea armstrong can play both ways for birdville both teams can run so uh look for kind of another 24 20 kind of matchup a close
0: one again uh, for birdville and grapevine yeah, and then that last one. Th- this one, this one might not be as close because, as we've talked about before, Alito seems to be on a mission to get back to the top of the mountain. They're going to take on South Oak Cliff. That one's actually on Friday night in Midlothian. And yeah, I, I guess both teams are undefeated. Uh, but like I said, uh, and I think you're probably going to agree with me here, Alito, it's going to be it's going to be a t- really uphill battle for South Oak Cliff in in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean. Sh- uh you know, both teams, they kind of, they really haven't played anyone during this this season. Um, Alito's coming off that win against Lovejoy, who, pretty decent team. Um, South Oak Cliff would have played Duncanville in week two, but uh, with the rain, it got canceled. So, you know, that would have been a nice, you know, test for them. But um, we'll see, you know, you kind of, you always think Alito, and you always think, you know, blowouts and wins, and You know that that state final against college station was kind of a a surprise and eye opener so we don't see that too often for alito in playoff games i actually talked to a buddy of mine um, who had talked to alito this this week about south oak cliff and um you know he writes for alito and and talks to coach steve wood a lot every week and coach wood kind of had a different look south oak cliff was going to be a tough tough battle for for his guys but who knows? You know, Alito's, uh with Jace McLennan, the running back. I mean, right. they're. Un- I think he got over 250 yards against Lovejoy. Um, but man, South Oak Cliff, looking at their stats, you know, they got 12 D1 guys, I think, and that defensive front is is dominant. I mean, again, they don't play anyone, so the stats get. It's padded. hard. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but I mean, That's you got talents there. You got one guy who's you got 20 sacks on the year. Uh, guy next to him has 15 sacks. I mean. We'll see if how the offensive line for Alito obviously is going to be their their strongest. You know they're going to face all season. Yeah, so and, yeah. It's 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 going to be an exciting game. But um, I think you and I pick Alito to go. Yeah, I, I think so.
0: Yeah, it's it was. Let's put it this way. It's hard. It's hard not to. Some others to watch, and and this is the one that I I might be most interested in because you have the traditional power in Duncanville, and they've been so strong all this year, but. Again, they're a team uh, that has faced a few a few hurdles on the way, but I think Lamar poses a legitimate challenge uh, when the two teams meet up at Newsom Stadium on Friday night. A few other games, and, and you're going to talk about them as well, but you have Northwest uh, against Lubbock Cooper. That one's a little bit earlier. It's at 4 p.m. on Friday, and you have Halton and Hebron at 2 p.m. Saturday. That second game is at UNT. What what do you see from those games? Because we've talked about Halton and obviously Duncanville and Lamar. I think is going to be a great game.
1: Yeah, you know Duncanville's I think a lot of people are going to pick the the Panthers, but uh, you know Lamar is kind of that dark horse. You just you don't know about him. Not a lot of people talk about him. Only one loss in the year. You know that o- that only loss came in week eleven to Arlington. You know the who, district, right? Yeah, another undefeated team, and so uh, Duncanville is kind of in that category too. Kind of doesn't seem like they played anyone. Uh, so I think Lamar will be their, their biggest challenge of the year. It uh, should be a fun one, but uh, I, and I know my buddy Darren Lauber is going to be covering that game, um, and it should be a good one. And then Northwest, got to give a shout-out to the Texans because, you know, two years ago um, they won 10 games and they, they won uh, a playoff game for the first time in program history, and the, the team's been around for 50 60 years and then this year they've they matched that win total uh, as well as getting to the regional round for the first time in program history so good things with the texans and, and coach bill poe congrats to them uh lubbock cooper tough task because they're number seven in the state they're 12 and 0 so hopefully northwest can keep it going and then Haltum and, and hebron i mean you know talent all around with uh they're all state quarterback michael black and then hebron with the uh, Five-star, you know, Oklahoma commit and, and Trey John Bridges. Who, you know, you look at some video on on Twitter and and he's making these these Sports center top ten plays each week. And so, uh, just looking at the the numbers, uh, Haltum by far and away are averaging more points uh,
0: and yeah, more dynamic yards. Offense. Yeah,
1: and so you think Haltum will will pick up this win, and and we'll see if if Halton can keep this magical season going.
0: Well, we know you're not pitching against Halton pretty much ever again because you learned your lesson with that one, I think. <laughs> and before we get into Euless Trinity and South Lake Carroll, and we are going to take a deep dive into that one because I, I know that everyone is anxious to hear our takes on that, we're also going to point out a few private schools that are still in the championship hunt. First up, we have Fort Worth Christian. They're going to be taking on defending 5A champ Trinity Christian Cedar Hill. And then the other game that we have is Lake Country will face Dallas first, Baptist. Brian, what do you think about those games and a few others you've got here on the docket?
1: Yeah, uh, training Christian Cedar Hill, you know, offensive coordinator, primetime, uh, Deion Sanders, and, you know, he's got a couple of his, his sons on the team. going to be hard for Fort Worth Christian, but uh, they've kind of, they've done it before. They've, they gave Grapevine fate their first loss of the year in the regular season, and obviously now reaching the final four in, in 5A taps. Uh, Lake country you know i I covered Lake country at least girls basketball and and Wade Whites, who is the football coach uh I talked to him a lot uh they're they're moving on they're in the final four of of their division. His son, sophomore Hayden Whites, had a great game over three hundred fifty yards rushing he also had a quarterback sack on defense um some other ones here, you know Nolan Catholic, I thought we thought would make it far. Only one loss on the year. They had that bye, but Dallas Parish beat them 24-14. Also, Bishop Dunn took out Houston St. Pius, a a team that made the Final Four last year. Traditionally
0: been very, very good.
1: And Bishop Dunn comes in and and blanks them 42-0. And then another sort of favorite, Plano Prestonwood, a lot of commits there. Uh, Argyle Liberty Christian took them down with a late field goal 24-21, so a few upsets for sure in the
0: in the taps playoffs. We'll finish up with Trinity and Carroll, both huge powerhouses and have been for a long time. Both are incredibly rich uh in football tradition. Uh, the Trojans and the Dragons are going to kick off at seven PM on Friday from UNT. Trinity improved to ten and one after beating Franklin forty-four to twenty-eight. While Carroll stayed perfect, they're now 12-0. They knocked off DeSoto, uh, pretty convincingly, 41-20. It's the second straight year they have done that. I'm a little bit, as as I'm sure some of the neutral football observers are torn on where to go in this one, because both of these programs have been good this year. Uh, Trinity not quite, maybe, as strong as they were last year. But, Brian, I, I, for me at least, I, I'm probably leaning towards Carroll because uh, I think Coach Dodge has them, has had them all year going in the right direction, obviously, with the perfect record. But where do you come out?
1: Uh, first off, I think this is going to be a quick game because both teams love to run. Right. Obviously with Trinity, who who's run heavy every single year. But yeah, um, I do like Carroll in this one. They're just kind of clicking on all cylinders and, and figuring things out. And, and they're running back TJ McDaniel, who's SMU commit, He's Big been, game last
0: week, you, did, you, know, you were there and you saw it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been unstoppable first two rounds. Uh, they took out Coppel in the first round. Uh, I'm going to say he's got about 350 yards rushing through, through two playoff games. <laughs> and he just, I mean, I've said it a number of times, he's not the biggest guy, but it's just tough to take him down. He's a, he's a workhorse. He always keeps his feet moving forward. Um, so Trinity will have to figure out how to limit him and get – you know, Will Bowers, the quarterback to kind of throw the ball and and beat them. But um, if they do that, you know, they got, they got two or three dynamic wide receivers. You know, Carroll's got RJ Mickens, who's a top 2020 guy who, who plays both ways. And he got a touchdown on offense last week against DeSoto. Um, But Trini, you know, I think this will be a close game
0: early gotta on. Po- got to score points. Got to score points. That's that's the key for them. I mean, it's that's, <laughs> it's cliche and redundant, right? Yeah. You got to score points to win, but especially in this one. Uh,
1: you know, but they got some. They got talent. You know, Locky Ellis, who uh, is a dual threat guy, and uh, you know, they got two or three running backs. Brandon Theus uh, seems to be really coming on. I know he started started slow, but uh, these last seven or eight games, you know, I think he's over. Uh, you know maybe a thousand yards rushing on the ground but also look out for malcolm washington who i saw uh once or twice this year he's a he's a really good running back as well and and uh both defenses i mean they're traditionally
0: like, both strong. Defense
1: strong so i think it's gonna be close first half but uh you know Carroll's just gonna say all right enough is, is enough and, yeah and
0: that, you see it being one of those games right late late second half it's been close right but at the end Pull away.
1: And I, and uh, you can look out for a story later on this week on DFWVarsity.com, just kind of going back on the Trinity and Carroll history because you know they have had
0: some monster playoff games in the past. So uh, look out for that story as well. Again, everyone, uh, all our listeners can find out the best uh, matchups and all these second-round scores and schedules for the third-round games all across the state and the area. Those will be on DFWVarsity.com dot com as well as star telegramcom again as we say every week on our Facebook and Twitter page you guys can look out for this podcast and any and all of Brian's content Brian a uh, few final thoughts I know you have a few thing that few things that you want to get to
1: yeah like I mentioned uh, just look out for some of these you know previews with those district rematches with Timberview Hunted Park and Birdville Grapevine uh, right now you can uh, look up the story on, on Northwest and Holtom, just trying to continue their magic, magical season. Uh, I'm going to try and, and do a little thing on Alito and, and South Oak Cliff. Um, you can vote for who you think's going to win. we got about six or seven games that will be up throughout the week, uh, so pick your winners. And then just kind of a quick basketball note, just trying to go and do a boys basketball preview. Talk about Northwest, who's trying to go to the state tournament for the third straight year uh pascal girls look out for them for a story there and then like we mentioned a little story on uh, coaching salaries and a list of all the numbers in, in 6a and 5a
0: yeah we will uh keep you up to date on that uh, as well as all the action this weekend brian will be out there uh, so, so so, look for him and look for all of this content, again, on the websites and our social media pages. And uh, once again, everybody, hope you enjoy the show. And we'll be back next week uh, for the regional round final, as, as Brian informed me before. I know folks get that confused. But uh, everybody enjoy the games this week and uh, join us next week.